Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at tmobile.com/now. For Hit Boy, it's all in a name. Niggas in Paris by Jay-Z and Kanye West, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott, Thick by Beyoncé from her newest album Renaissance, as well as songs from Frank Ocean, Rihanna, Kendrick Lamar, and so many more. Hitboy's production has powered some of the biggest hits off the best projects over the last decade. Which makes it all the more remarkable that his actual crowning achievement has nothing at all to do with radio hits or the latest artists. But the thing that ensures Hitboy's enshrinement in whatever Hall of Fame exists 20-30 years from now is dropping back-to-back-to-back masterpieces with one of rap's most legendary figures, Nas. Nas just won his first Grammy a few years back from his album King's Disease, a project that was fully produced by Hitboy. Since then, they've gone on to release together KD2, Magic, and KD3, each album better than the last. And as if all of that in the span of a few years wasn't enough, Hitboy's also just released a new solo album as a producer-rapper called Surf or Drown. I talked to Hitboy on today's Broken Record about his new solo project, how he's recently just introduced a new but old piece of equipment into his beat-making process, about growing up in the IE just east of Los Angeles, and what he learned from having an uncle in Troop, one of the smoothest R&B groups of the 80s and 90s. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's my conversation with Hit Boy. How you doing today, man? Solid, man. Yeah? Yeah. Just on the move as usual. Yeah, you're busy. It's nonstop. How are you keeping up, man? I don't even know. Between being a dad and doing this, it's just like you got to just go push yourself, man. 
Don't get burnt out like some. I mean, you know, just like, just go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're in a creative zenith, like at the top of your creative game at the moment? Yeah, for sure. I'm taking it there. I'm definitely like, it's just like I always wanted to be able to just tap in and make pretty much any style of beat that I wanted to at any given moment. And that's like where I'm at now. Like I could just, somebody need a certain sound or if I'm hearing something, I could really like execute it a lot more than earlier in my career. So that's exciting. But that was a goal early in the career still. Yeah, just like, you know, I would get to a certain point on my production and then kind of get just stomped on what to do next. But now it's like I made so many beats, so many songs, it's just coming to me. Can you think of something recently where before you might have gotten stumped, but you were able to move it forward? Just beats in general, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, I can't think of a specific thing, but now and now I also understand that you can build things over time. They like before, like I used to overcrowd my beats, and artists used to tell me like, "Man, the beats they dope," but at the same time, I don't know where I could fit in because there's so much instrumentation and a lot going on. So. I just scaled it back, and now it's like, okay, I can get a voice on there, then I can get inspired again and add another sound and a breakdown and just something that makes sense. Add the right sound. Mm-hmm. Do you think the idea that your beats were maybe crowded for certain people before, do you think that maybe goes back to just when you were just making beats just for yourself? Like, Yeah, for sure. Definite, you know. I mean, I always made beats with the intention of getting somebody on them, even if it was just myself, because I was writing before I even made Even when you were learning to make beats? Yeah, because I was uh, making songs before I was making beats. So I was like trying to find something that made sense for me or whoever else to get on, you know, but I would. uh, So you sort of make beats for you to get on. Yes. You're tired of just rapping over instrumentals from other people or something. I uh, was in a group with a kid and he made all the beats at first. So we did like a few projects together. I'm like 14, 15 years old, you know what I mean? So by the time I turned 16, we had made a couple projects and I just started playing with the FL studio at his crib and was like, yo, this is really like fun. It's like a video game for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I just took a real liking to it and kept pushing with it. Did you do anything musically growing up, playing the instruments or? Um, nah, but I was around a lot of music. Yeah, my uncle Rodney B was in a group called Troop and uh, I just saw the whole lifestyle, you know what I mean? Them being in the studio, video shoots. The style, like the music, the dance moves, like it just. Wait, yeah, troop the R&B group. R&B group? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My uncle and my uh, my grandma started the group. She was managing them up until they got signed, and like she really whipped them into shape to like really like be focused on that level. That's crazy. She just always had a passion for music herself, and when my uncle started getting to a certain age, she just was like, "You need to start a group," and. They started a group and they really went and had a couple number ones and yeah. had some success. What was that like for you growing up seeing that? Crazy. It got me like on on the focus level I'm on now. You know what I mean? Like I always just seen like they they it was doing it on a real level. So I seen it. I seen the everything, the whole lifestyle, and I just was intrigued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For you at that time, was hip hop the thing where you were locked in on hip hop? Or did you see that and maybe even think like. Yeah, I mean, well, my uncle played all type of music. So I heard NWA, I heard Snoop, I heard Ice Cube, I heard just like all the West Coast, you know, hip hop. But it was a lot of RB being played too because it was an RB group. So just like hearing them chord changes and just like really seeing the musicality in it, that's kind of like what was hitting me. But I didn't know. 
exactly what it was, but it was the emotion of the chords and the emotion of the drum patterns and the, the groove and the feeling that just was like I was downloading into my DNA or and downloading that DNA. And so now that you're making music, you started to f- realize the things that you're attracted to and making music somewhat come from that. Oh, yeah, changes, for sure, the- for sure. I mean, me being able to do a music Soul Child album, we just dropped Victims and Villains, that's literally because my uncle used to play his first album over and over and over. So I just like already knew kind of where to take it, what I would want to hear personally with just updating it to where it's at now. Yeah. But so a lot of time when I'm making music, I just like tap into that original emotion that I would feel before I knew what it was. What was your first meeting with, with music like? It was dope because he uh he he already had reached out telling me he loved what I was doing with Nas, so he just showed. So what like what 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 Nas project had come out at that point when he reached out? Magic. Okay. It was all all KD one, KD two, and Magic had come out. Not okay. KD three yet. Matter of fact, no, Magic hadn't even come out. Magic was about to come out, and because I, I, I remember playing him some of the music, and he was just like, Man. "Yo, this is crazy." Nobody even knew he was doing it, but uh. When he pulled up, it just was respect, you know? Yeah. And I just had so many beats that fit into where he wanted to go. It kind of was like an easy process. But it, the intention wasn't necessarily to do a full record together? Or was nah, it? Nah, he just was like, we need to tap in and, you know, yeah. work, see what happened. And after a while, you start getting eight, nine, ten songs. It's like, nah, this got to be the album. Well, that's probably happened before, right? No, nah, I mean, with Nas, I didn't plan on making a, uh, I mean, four albums with him. <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to make one album with him. He just was coming to get some beats, and we just kept working. You know what I mean? He just kept pulling up. It's something about the spot I'm in and just the zone I'm in personally that makes artists want to keep coming back for the most part. The physical spot? Or you were really just... The physical spot. Where, yeah, are, you, Chalice, where are you working? Chalice Studios, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where 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 is that? It's at? West Hollywood, not far from here. Okay. Like five minutes. And you just lock it out and Yeah, I've been there going on five years now. Wow. Yeah, this uh, August it'll be five years I've been in that studio and I've just been making a lot of progress. It's kinda like a homey type of situation. Like it kinda remind me of me making beats in my bedroom at my mom crib and I feel like that's what is attractive about it. Like it's not like some <laughs> uh, it's my three year old C three. It just makes it real comfortable to come record. Yeah. Versus like this big room that's got the lights all on and it's all sterile. It's like, nah, you coming in. It's like, man, it's like almost like being at somebody's crib. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's taking it taking back. Yeah, for sure. So Surfer Drown. First of all, what's the title? Surfer Drown. I mean, I had went through some heavy stuff just in the game, you know what I mean? Just in life, you know, we all got to figure out whether we're going to surf or drown, but just especially the music industry. I feel like I've been to the mountaintop. I've been around the amazing artists and like, you know, getting that respect. And then the flip side, you know, trying to figure it out. I like, you know, I could have literally drowned and just like either quit music or like I've been in situations to where some people wouldn't even wanted to be alive no more. You know mm. what I mean? Just like kind of feeling like you lost it all and mm. not getting the respect, not getting the replies from people, not getting the same, you know, energy you was. And I really like pulled myself up out of that. You know what I mean? I, I had used to have a hundred people around me. Then it flipped to having nobody around. The day that I found out I had like zero dollars in my account, which was like six years ago, after having millions, nobody was there. Nobody was around, you know what I mean? And it just was like, wow. 
when you get into it, they gonna be there. When you not, they not gonna be there. So it's like you gotta look inside yourself, and that's where the whole surfer drown concept came from. Like, and Surf Club is my that's my label, that's my clique. That's since I was 17 years old, been pushing Surf Club, and that's just kind of a play on that too. Yeah, how did you get Surf Club out of? Were you in Fontana when that? I was in Fontana. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's crazy because I was at the Ontario Mills with the homie Chili Chill with B Care and a couple other people. We this, this like 2005. We went to the Hollister store at Ontario Mills <laughs> at the mall. Bought these. All we all bought like these kind of like matching similar sweaters and mine said Surf Club on it. And we all kind of collectively was like, "Yo, that should be the click name Surf Club." It just sounded hard, so we just ran with it from there and. You know, it's like we've always gotten respect as far as that name goes, man. Like you could you could hear like Drake shouting it out on multiple songs and just people that like really they 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 understand like the legacy of it. That if you really tapped in on it. Tap into your vibe, but even hearing Nas shout out like the IE <laughs> as often too as he hard. does. It's like hard. what? The too hard. Yeah. It's crazy. It's fire. It's crazy. Yeah. People hit me at me on uh IG and be like, yo, hit, I love this IE weather. I'm like, that's crazy how Nas put that in the, the spectrum. Somebody from Queens, New York, Queensbridge, it's like, you just never know how it's going to come together, man. It's insane, man. Yeah. Did you ever feel like quitting? Like that point when you're at zero dollars? Yeah, that and before that and so many times, man, just like dealing with the game and getting to know yourself, knowing how this works, like knowing who you got around you, like... Yeah, it all can be like emotionally like heavy, but I love music so much. Well, what's the part of it that's like the unintended stuff, the stuff I mean, that you're in it for the music? It's, but. Um, I, I, but it's like, like, so I signed a publishing deal when I was one year out of high school with, you know, by this time, you know, my uncle was popping late 80s, early 90s. This is 2006, 2007. He can't really give me the guidance. I don't really have Game's that many different. people that I can, yeah. you know. So, like, I signed a deal that I'm still into this day right now. So, I'm just talking about I'm, I'm 35, about to be 36 next month. And I've been in the deal since I was 19. So, that alone has been, like, a, a, a mental thing. It's been just, like, you know, I got to see so many people, like, who didn't sign, you know, crazy deal come up after me and be kind of, like, looked at in a different light, revered in a different light when it's like I actually got the discography just the way things been structured. Like, you know, I'm still waiting to get out that deal and even just, like, live on the level that I should be living on. You know what I mean? Which I'm living great. I'm living beautiful. I'm blessed, all that. But there's more. Like, I, I see, you know, what it's going to be and what it can be. How much longer does that deal run? I mean, it's supposed to be an earn-out deal now, which just got renegotiated. And um, When you say earn-out. So versus, like, me having to uh, have, a, like, I had an MDRC deal, which is, like, you know, it's percentages, and once you add up, they'll find some other way to make it not really count as what it's supposed to be totally. in black and white, and that's just all contractual, just, you know, wordage and stuff like that. But, yeah, now it's like, I mean, I, I should have... Hopefully two years in this deal left, you know. And I mean? it's a publishing deal? Publishing deal, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, you know, that's just like a part of what can weigh you down at times. When you're talking to lawyers and they like, yo, this is the worst contract I ever seen. That that's not something as a creative you wanna hear. Especially when you did that deal so premature, so young, so just new to everything going on. Like I didn't expect me to still be in a deal that I signed from then, you know? Yeah. And it's like I didn't even find out that it was a bad deal until I made a hit, which was 
I got signed 07. I didn't make a real, real hit, top radio hit until like 2011. Niggas in Paris? Yeah, exactly. I found out after Niggas in Paris dropped when I was like, okay, so where's the real, real money? And they're like, oh, well, you signed to this contract. So, you know, it's not going to be the way you thought it was going to be. So who was getting the money? I mean, it's just like not that I'm not uh, getting the money from that song. It's just more so like, you know, how some people are making a hit and it's like, going viral or whatever the case, they'll go be able to negotiate a new deal or something, get five, $10 million or something like that. But I've yeah. never been able to do that with, you know, even after making hits that should have allowed you me to. You can't leverage that exactly. hit to then go in. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. Given you've been locked into something that's felt so, I mean, beyond restrictive, felt, it's felt. Yeah, even just talking about this right now though, like, that brought me to this place because, you know, you get to a point where you you want to do this. You want to just like get the singles and you want to like be have every song just be niggas in Paris performing 10, 12 times. Like it's not going to all be that. So I got to this point where it's like I got to find out how to get my respect in another way, which was like it's a blessing to work with Nas. And to was that intentional with. or do you think that just happened? It was a mixture of both, you know what I mean? Yeah. Me just like trying to figure it out and then understanding like, okay, if I somebody like a Benny the Butcher, Big Sean, Nas, Music Soul Child, one of them come through, I gotta lock in on a different level. I can't let them leave. I gotta like have yeah. so much heat that it's like, nah, bro, I'm I'm, I'm rocking with you. Yeah. It just took me to that level. Did, did anyone guide you to that thinking? Or like, did you kind of have to get there watching on your the own? Watching the game, seeing just, nah, it was more so just watching. Do you feel like early on you had mentors? In the production I mean, I, game? Yeah, of course. Like, I got signed to Polo to Don, and he was doing big pop records and doing big mm. R&B songs and rap songs, too. And um, I got to see the game at a high level. And even though, even if he, like, didn't directly tell me exactly ABC what to do, I watched it. I watched him. I watched his ups and his downs. Just, like, even learning from my interaction with people, you got to just, like, treat everybody decently because you don't know who's going to become who. Who's going to you know who, yeah. I mean? Assistance like, become. <laughs> listen, I knew so many people. Drake, Frank Ocean, Tyler, the creator, Kendrick Lamar. I like knew these people before they blew up. So yeah. it's like, you just got to like, you you got to understand that anybody, it could turn up for them. So Did you, you have good relationships with them? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. For sure. Yeah. But just in general, you know, yeah. just like, just like learning. And uh, that got me to this place where it's like, I feel like I get more respect for doing these albums than doing a big giant single. People look at me different now. People understand like, oh, he's he's not one of those. You know what I mean? He like serious. With it's this. really hard to get people to concentrate mm -hmm. on a project, like a full project, man. Yeah. And to have multiple now, like the two out this year. Right. The Nas, I mean, like just to have so now like a whole body of just like actual projects. It's not just like Niggas in Paris or Click, mm -hmm. which are great right. records, but mm -hmm. like to actually now have like this, it puts you in a, in my mind in a different stature of producer, you know? One million percent, man. It make it just makes people respect what you do more, I feel like, man. Cause like I've had big radio songs and didn't get nowhere near this revered, respected, honored, you know what I mean? like. And that's like, it's just a, a mental thing too. Like you can't really get caught up in thinking that the name or the massive success of something is going really lock people into what exactly who you are and, and what your brand is. You got to just make them waves and make them plays that make them respected on a different level. It's not always going to be the 
Like I put out a, art, a song with a big name artist this year, and then I put out a song with Alchemist, and a song with Alchemist, who is a less, you know, lesser known name than this guy, blew that shit out the water. So it's like, you know, you just, you know, you can't get caught up in just none of the industry tactics and thinking that, oh, it's going to be this way. Oh, it's going to be like successful. If you link with this person just because they're exactly. hot. This song going to be successful just because, you know, it's, they don't work like that. You can't game it like that. Mm -mm. How, how much have you, going from like, you know, you had a high school, you signed like a deal that you're still locked into, bad mm -hmm. deal, mm -hmm. to now being around Nas. Like, have you picked up on some of his, the way he thinks Man, about I, his team too? Yeah, for sure. I, I pick up on just like how to be a solid person. You know what I mean? He ain't never the loudest in the room. He ain't never got to make himself seem like something. Like he just is who he is. So it's like, I'm already personally that type of person too. But I learn even more like, bro, just be humble. Do what you do, you're gonna get the respect you deserve when you work for it, you know what I mean? So I just learned just like on some life shit being around him. And obviously business too, like he doing his thing. And it's just like you have no choice if you really there and being attentive and you wanna learn, you're gonna pick up on it. Yeah, man. We have to pause for a quick break. When we're back, you'll hear all about Hit Boy's beat making philosophy. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with the Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch Subject to credit approval, terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with more of my conversation with Hitboy. When you started making beats on FL Studio, which you still use, right? I do, yeah. 
That's 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 why. Just implemented NPC Live into. I still use FL. I just record what I'm doing on live into FL, and that's like been making my process even easier with making beats. Cause it's funny because FL is like a lot of people that use it know that, like sometimes you have latency problems. So. I really have been working with latency for 10, 12 years. Like You've been working with that lag for yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. So it's like I'm kind of like better than I even think I am because now that I'm on the NPC and I'm feeling stuff in real time, I'm just like, oh, man, it's just so much easier. Well, how, so how did you account for the, the latency, for the lag all those years? I just did it so much that it just kind of became regular to me, normal to me. Did it impact your sound, you think? Who knows? Just... Uh, put me in a zone where it's like, you know, I'm really working on this beat. Like I'm putting work into this beat, you know what I mean? When did you decide to start incorporating the MPC? This like four months ago. <laughs> yeah, it's like recently. Uh, I got the Supreme MPC live. Uh, Nas actually bought it for me. And I was uh, just one day like, man, I need to crack this open. Matter of fact, no, my homeboy James Fauntleroy, writer extraordinaire, legendary artist, all that, he uh, was came by and played me some beats that he had made on NPC Live. And he was like, bro, you got to get on this. And then that's when I cracked it up and maybe a week later or a few days later. And I'm like, yo, this this is fun. It makes the process way more even fun. You know what I mean? I already have fun while I'm making beats, but that's like, make it almost like a cheat code. <laughs> Did Nas give it to you for you to make beats on? Or was it sort of just like, hey, here? I was just like, it's a dope piece. Like, even yeah. if I never opened it, like, I probably could have sold it for however much, you know what I mean? Yeah. But... I'm like, nah, I gotta, I gotta get it in. So, like, have you made anything yet with NPC that you feel like is gonna make it to a project? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Already, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I don't play. Like, my, I look at myself like a, a department store, like a, just like a store for real. Like, when you come through, you are gonna find something, whether it's the jacket, the shirt, maybe the whole outfit, the shoes, something. You are gonna find something that works for what you're doing. Nine times out of ten, I just like kind of. Like, let me just keep cranking out product. And it's like the latest stuff I do, I make sure I play it for the artist that's coming to work with me. And it just kind of always connects somehow. Are the artists that you ever make something for where you feel like you, you, you seek them out to show them something specific? Like you feel like this could really work for this person? Yeah, I mean, especially more early in my career, like now, I mean, well, if I know I'm not locked in with Nas, I'm gonna get in that zone. Like after we do three, four records, like it's like, okay, some switches in my brain where it's like, I know where to take it for the rest of the time to keep it in this linear thing, but still be dynamic. So you still locked in with Nas? I'm super locked in. We was in the studio last night. Probably gonna be in the studio after we done with this podcast, man. It's just like, we just like, it's honestly, I feel like we still working on the first album. Like it's just been like a, progressive thing like i've seen people work on albums for five six years and if we was just now about to come out the album people would just like be even more mind blown because the progress but it was good that we you know have been just making the projects dropping them we getting this live feedback we getting all this support all this respect he's up my respect level just in music in general and people look at him as like you know like wow you can age gracefully and you could still keep it hip-hop you could still keep it fresh still cutting edge modern at you know what i'm saying whatever age and it's not even about that it's, it's just it's about time. What, he, what you guys are doing is timeless dude it's, you, it's crazy appreciate that man it's crazy i gotta say like i think jay-z did that similar thing with 444 mm -hmm. made it feel like you don't have to be the newest mm -hmm. they artist 
to make something that that Feels resonates fresh. or impacts yeah. and vibrates. Mm -hmm. But you guys did it KD, KD2, Magic, KD3, and to have every project be flawless, it oh, really the point that. where it's like, like those are just so next level Crazy. incredible. Like yeah. how do you even choose one? That's like it's like yeah, it's like having three Illmatics. <laughs> you know, Crazy, man. Yeah, I I just seen somebody on Twitter say something about the first KD, and I'm like, damn, we had some joints on there. It was like a different, and I feel like we we every song we make is like a real song with some type of structure, some type of you know, it might be a new way of thinking about it, but it's just like something that's gluing it together as an actual song, you know what I mean? And I feel like we've progressed into like really him just digging into that bag of just getting raps off, but still keeping a structure to where people can enjoy the song. And it's not just three minutes of rapping. Like you still got a hook, you still, but he just like, just flashed back like and took it to a place that people, of what people really want to hear from him. How are the concepts coming up? Like I'm thinking off this new phone, like Michael and Quincy, like that is just a concept. Yeah. He actually, uh, had that idea for a little minute, like for probably like some months. And he would just talk about it. I didn't know exactly what, cause I feel like most people would have just sampled either some off Thriller or off the wall or just something that, that kind of like was a similar aesthetic to those. But we took it left field and uh, had like the break beat with the dirty uh, acoustic bass and then the horns and chord changes and just like, you know, really having fun with it. So he had the concept for a minute, but there wasn't a beat attached to mm -hmm. it or a... Yeah, because I was thinking about how to approach it. Like, I never want to be surface level and just be like, okay, cool, I'm going to go sample a Quincy song or right. sample a Would have been the easy song. thing to do, just mm -hmm. sample Body Heat or something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, nah, it's like, just come with a, a new wave. Damn. Yeah. Did you grow up a Nas fan? Like, growing up on the West Coast, yeah. I grew up on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Nas was respected. I respected Nas always, Yeah. but I, it wasn't the thing that I was always hearing coming up, right. you know? Man, that's funny because I just was having this conversation with somebody just about how like things are marketed and the way people look at things, you know what I mean? I, ha I always had a super major respect for Nas, but working with him and digging into his discography, listening to how the albums was sequenced, like um, I listened to all his intros, like just back to back to back to back, just trying to capture that that energy and I really got more of a appreciation for who he really is and what he's contributed to music in general, you know what I mean? So I always had major respect for him, but I just like grew to really understand like, oh, this this dude is, you know what I mean? Cause I was on the West Coast, so it wasn't as much other than the hits. If I rule with the world and stuff like that, we'll play on the radio. All the time. You know what I mean? But I didn't, like, you know, my family super West Coast, so they didn't just have his albums on repeat. But I did have friends who, you know, you know, if I was the Jay-Z guy, I got a homeboy who was the Nas guy, and we've back and forth, take over Ether, whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? But that's like, I don't know, like, probably sounds like for you too. For me, that, like, both of them didn't enter my my world as, like, beloved, beloved artists until, like, that mm -hmm. that beef time, like, Ether and yeah, TakeOver, right. et cetera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, like, Illmatic, when you talk to anyone from New York, that's mm -hmm. just, like, hands down easily. But it's, like, for me, it's, like, I, I mean, think... I 94, the, Death Row was going insane out here, so it was no really... Doggy style. Like, my, like, you know, like... Swallowing that up. Yeah. You know? But I get it now, though. I get it, and his longevity is just speaks to, you know, what he's always been. Like he's been doing this since he was 16, 17. Yeah. For him to be 49 is just like, 
still rapping at a high level, projecting his voice at the highest level. It's his like, voice sounds, I think, the best it's ever sounded. Crazy. So when when you guys are in sessions, mm. will you guys discuss his approach on a song, like the way he's attacking a song, a beat, or his kick? Um, like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 both ways. Sometimes I'll come in and you know. I might be like, yo, you should you should start rapping at this bar. Like, it's my, it might not be the one or it might be just like a off place. And then I just let him just take it from there. And he usually spark another idea for me. Like, like sometimes with the hooks, he'll record something and I'll just take the last word of what he said or last line of what he said, fly it back and kind of just structure a hook and then let him finish it out. And it just makes it easy. Wherever he going, I'm going and we just making it work. So you'll structure a hook out of something that he maybe intended as a verse. Exactly. I heard stories about Dre doing that for like Snoop back on like the Chronic yeah, and, and Doggy yeah. style. Like mm -hmm. Snoop would just freestyle something, be like, but it intended like that's the verse, but it'd be like, mm -hmm. it's about that pocket. The way it's hitting the pocket, you just like as a producer or whoever. If you're a song maker, you will just hear certain things that maybe the artist not paying attention to, and it's like I'm trying to take advantage of all this shit. This is not. You feel like that's you know your I mean? job to like yeah. hear what and they're he not. open to it. He open to my ideas, so. And uh, that's 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 where I'm empowered. Just like him being able to see my vision when it, when I play a beat, it, the beat not, might, might not even be all the way done. But if I'm excited about something, and I got a chord structure or some drums and put it together, and like, he down to write to it, he down to rap on it. So just that baseline, mm -hmm. like unfinished, mm -hmm. yeah, kernel of an idea. Mm -hmm. That's it, cause most you know, especially now in the new age, they if it don't sound like the top of rap caviar, or the number one song, some like artists won't even pay attention to it. They don't want to build and really like make a song. Most a lot, not most, but a lot of artists. Yeah, I mean, and that's part of that's a real vulnerable place for you to be as a producer. To be, yeah, work, it's earlier not in my career, like I sit there and just go through as many beats as it took. But now it's like, man, if we got to go past maybe five beats. We probably you you should just go find another producer and we'll we'll reconvene. Just come pull back up on me and we'll lock in when it's time. You know, because I feel like if I I'm, I'm gonna have an artist come in, I'm gonna play them something that I can hear them on. And if we not on the same wavelength, then that just is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Rihanna joint you did on Anti that one that was one that it took a while, right? I did two on Anti Pose and uh, the song Woo, and that was a. That was a build. That was a process. I had the basis of it though. When we sat down, uh, I was in a room with Travis Scott, The Weeknd, Ty Dolla Sign, and The Dream, and I just had my uh, I had the contact uh, sort of NPC, and I was just playing with them uh, guitar stabs and just came up with that pattern. And everybody in the room just went crazy, started humming melodies and writing to it, and it just got built out progressively. That's got to be a hell of a feeling to have that room start vibing off Crazy. what you're playing. Crazy. Yeah. I just remember like weekends singing melodies, Travis coming up with his wave, and yeah, it came together. But it was a Rihanna session, so you knew yeah, whatever it was yeah, would yeah, end up yeah. for that project. Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. A couple of songs from the, the, the last few Nas records I want to talk about, just to having premiere cut on Wave Guys. That was ill. That's because it was like a collective thing, like... When Rocky came through to do his verse, he was like, uh, yo, we should get Premier to scratch on this. And it was like, yo, me and Nas was low-key already kind of thinking like that. So it just made sense. Who hit Premier? Uh, that had to be Nas. Just tapped in with him and he did it off the love, you know what I mean? Just went in and made it sound like authentic Premier vibes. 
Did you have any notes on it? <laughs> nah, I didn't. It was solid. One take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you do EPMD. How did the EPMD concept for the uh, Ryan Coogler film, mm-hmm. Judas and the Black, Black Judas, Messiah. yeah, Judas yeah. and the Black Messiah? How did how did that concept come up for that? I just had the beat, and uh, now I was walking the stool. I was playing it loud, and he just started coming up with flows, and it set the EPMD uh, line, and just went from there. We just built it out, and uh, it was for Kent King's Disease too. Like that was supposed to be a record on there. It ended up being a remix on. King's Disease 2, but the original was just, uh, it was supposed to be for the album, and uh, I was involved in Black, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah kind of like on, heavily on the executive production side, so I, I actually put a record of my own with me rapping on there called Broad Day. They was just like, yo, we need more records. I just started submitting joints, and EPMD, they was like, this is perfect, and they ended up you know, doing the video and all that. And, That's and, amazing, And but so then when did you guys decide do you want to still keep it for the record? We just love the joint, and uh, Nas, I guess, was, uh, I forgot how the Eminem thing came about, but he just was like, man, we should throw Eminem on it. Reached out to him, he did the joint quick, you know what I mean, hopped on it. Uh, EPMD didn't even know that Eminem was on it until it like was about to drop, you know what I mean? So that was an ill moment, just like it all coming together and everybody from their own era just getting their respect. That's one of those records, man, where it's like, again, that's why these projects are so incredible, man. Like just getting premiere on that magic joint. But when you have- Warren Hill on KD2. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's some like, okay, as a producer, you just like don't, first of all, she she don't even like rap like that much no more. She doesn't do barely anything do music. Much so it's like, <laughs> for me to like have a premiere Lauren Hill rap verse on one of my beats, that's just ill. Yeah, when was the last time you heard a Lauren Hill verse? Mm-hmm. Like a new, a new Lauren Hill. She went in. She went in and for bars, bars. Like she has like two verses put into one. How did that come up? They just cool, Nas and Lauren Hill. So through them talking, I guess they, they wanted to do a joint. And uh, when we made the song, Nas was like, this this the one we got to put Lauren on. And, hey, did he have his verse already? Yeah, he did. He did. He had his verse. And... Uh, Sent it over and she literally did. She did it within days. Like, did I'm you think, think it was really gonna happen? I didn't personally, but it just like came together, man. It was ill. Again, even the, the resisting the temptation to do the obvious, which would be to do like if if I ruled the world, mm-hmm. too. You know, that concept was dope for her too, cause she do be on her. You know, nobody just like out the way type vibe, as far as I can see. And um, yeah, it just brought the concept all the way home. Did she and she recorded it? She recorded it in her own space, but sent the vocals in, and yeah, it was just a moment. What about uh, Death Row East? Death Row East. That was the first song we did for KD too, man. That set the tone. Like that concept is powerful. It's a moment that a lot of people, a lot of internet talk, a lot of podcasts, people telling their recollection of what happened at Bryant Park between Nas and Pac and. Death Row and Nas Click, and he just gave you a straight like POV of what really happened. How much was Death Row and Pac and Johnny J? And how much was that like all part of your consciousness? Yeah, I downloaded that DNA from just hearing it all the time. Like that was like massive on a commercial level and underground. Like everybody rock with the Death Row stuff. Like 
Snoop, Pac, all that. And doing that song, I just was like, man, I need to like tap into as much as I can as far as like Pac producers go. And then I just like already watched like documentaries and stuff on Johnny J. And I was like, that's the producer I need to channel the most on this song. What made you feel that? Because it just reminded me of a Tupac beat like death row type of vibe, like that melodic kind of guitar stuff with the groove over it. It just, yeah, it had that energy. It's an incredible beat, man. Appreciate that. Locking in with Nas for those records. You locked in with Soul Child. Mm. It's really rare these days. And it's funny, like, I guess it maybe it goes back to even Illmatic when like Nas having all those incredible producers on his first record. Right. Really kind of seemed to popularize, like having a bunch of different producers on your record. Mm. But yeah, what you're doing now is rare, man. Hey, appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just that's the flip side of that. Now it's like he started off working with just all different bunch of different producers. Now he's been locked in with me for three years, and it's like don't seem like we stopping no time soon. Like we really having fun with it. So where are you finding the time then? So you know, within 13 months, it's it's KD2, it's Magic, it's KD3. And now you're out with your own record. Right, Surfer Drown. And, right, the, and the Soul Child record, Music Soul Child record. Like how, like, where are you finding the time, man? I just gotta just go. Just like, don't, 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 not to say don't think, but just like really any type of energy that I can put into being in the studio and just progressing with my sound and just helping other artists, I like, I'm on that, you know? This is what I worked for to have artists trusting me on this level. Now that I got that, it's like, I gotta like really hold that up high and take advantage of this, like these opportunities. How natural does rhyming still come to you? To, does writing and performing? Man, it's, it's like getting so much easier, I would say, just because I've been in a studio with People like Big Sean, like with, you know what I'm saying? I uh, executive produced Detroit 2 for Big Sean. Did a project called What You Expect, an EP with him. I mean, uh, being around Benny the Butcher, I produced, you know, his album Burden of Proof in 2020. That was like, you know, just kind of heavy on the underground and working with Nas, man. I'm working with some top tier artists. You, you just know named I mean? some of the most premier <laughs> like, so lyricists. Like, I'm, I'm like, you know, they watching and being fans and studying, you know, just as far as what I'm doing on the production and I'm, I'm doing the same on the artistry end. So that's just helping me uh, cultivate a whole just next level of myself. Have you always been writing on the side? Yeah, for sure. I've always been dropping projects, dropping singles, just like, you know, that's always been my passion. But it's like the, the beat making aspect of it is so much fun to me that I just took a liking to it, you know what I mean? I feel like if I would have been chasing, trying to be an artist all these years, who knows, you know, it could have worked out, couldn't have, but now it's like I have an ultimate cheat code. Like, I can sit in a stool mate and make songs all day. Soon as one of the greatest artists living, you know, lead a studio, whoever that may be, you know what I mean? I'm able to start recording my own stuff. They didn't left that energy in the studio. I watched them put bars and lines together. And, you know, it's just like, it's just helping me with my own structure. That's incredible, man, that, you are, that you're able to sit there and watch the people at the, the, the best of the best. Yeah, and having just like the mind to want to, you know, look at it a different way. Like I'm in there really trying to learn. I'm trying to get better every day. Like I ain't wasting no time. We're going to take one last quick break and then come back with the rest of my conversation with Hit Boy. 
As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with Hit Boy. How was it being around as a producer MC? Mm. How was it being around Yay in the in your good music years? When I first moved to Atlanta after I saw my deal with Polo, that was like my college years. And like the the years with Kanye was like the, oh, I got a job that's at a high level, but I got to still learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I still got a lot of learning to do, like understanding like this thing moves quick and you have to move fast. You got to be efficient. You got to be on top of it at all times. And that's really what that taught me. Like you got to be putting, like he was sleeping in the stool, like wake up, same clothes, be start recording, start whatever, like chopping up samples. I'm just like, that's the level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, yeah, seeing, um, having watched that Genius documentary and just seeing some footage of Ye in the studio, it almost reminds you like when you see those little clips of like Pac in the studio, mm-hmm. like and it's just the energy's on on 100. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's work to do. Like yeah, let's do the work. Sure. Like he ain't, he not in there playing and he ain't going to be nice about it. He not going to be polite, talking softly. He's going to let you know like you fucking up, like, like do this shit the right way type shit. You know what I mean? Did you ever catch that wrath? 
The first time I sat down to make a beat with him was uh, the song Lift Off or Watch the Throne. He had me trying some drums and some other instrumentations. This is when I don't think I had ever really got a session from nobody and they told me to basically rework it and strip things away. Like he kept telling me to strip these these drums away, but I couldn't really understand exactly how he was saying it. So he started kind of firing up on me to where I had to really look at, I'm like, we just met homie, you know what I mean? like. So it's like, yeah, but that just like taught me like, nah, bro. Yeah, I remember his uh, exact words. Uh, I just kept forgetting to mute the drums or something was going on. And he was like, these drums are gonna be the death of me. Like, I just remember, I'm like, it's that serious, bro? <laughs> I'm like, that's crazy, you know what I mean? But you know, that's his passion. That's why he got 20 some Grammys or however many and is respected on that level. It's because he don't, He's not playing. You don't seem like the kind of person to ever like be like that, but have you moved close from that time? Have you moved closer on the spectrum of like just sort of more relaxed to like- Oh yeah, for like, sure. We didn't have our, we, we've been super cool. I mean, we ain't in contact like that right now. No, but, but I just mean like creatively for you, like have you moved closer towards that like kind of almost perfectionist kind of vibe in, in the studio? In my own way, in my own way. I'm just like a much more chill personality than he is. Yeah. Even though we both Gemini's, he a June Gemini, I'm May. Me and Biggie got the same birthday. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, but I definitely, like, you know, like, shit gotta get done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When Niggas in Paris became what it became, yeah. what was that feeling like for you? It was ill because Kanye had been telling me, like, through emails, because that was the one song I didn't hear off the album. I had heard most of them songs, and I had heard, like, the song I had did other songs that I was excited about that I'm thinking going to be on Watch the Throne. None of them made, made it anywhere, and Niggas in Paris was the one random beat out of maybe 60, 70 beats I had sent Kanye through email. And he somehow pulled it up when they was in Paris and they must have been lit vibing and played it and it just turned them up. So, yeah, but he was, uh, I hadn't linked back with him like for like a month and a half, two months. I was out in Cali, he was in Paris and wherever. And um, when uh, I went to, they, uh, they had the listening party at the observatory in New York, crazy like stars on the ceiling and all that, playing the album super loud. He brought in some crazy speakers and, I just like the first two songs played, got to niggas in Paris, everybody in the observatory stood up. DJ Khaled was next to me and just everybody was vibing, just like, oh, this the one. Going DJ crazy. Khaled's vibing too. That's mm -hmm. a vibe. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm like, man, yeah, it just worked out. Damn. Yeah. As a young producer at the time, that really being your first, like you called it earlier, your first real big hit. Did that put pressure on you, undue pressure on you, or did it make you feel like, all right, now everything's gonna be hit? So what did it Man, it's all that, all the above, you know what I mean? That's how I got to that point to where, you know, I had to had that surfer drown moment. That was from niggas in Paris to that, that was 2011 to 2017, just was like this all the way until it got, you know what I mean? So you really like, feel that way? Yeah, I do personally, just on, just just for the- You're still making good records and all that. Exactly, that still making records like, you know, Sorry even came out 2015, 16 off Lemonade. And you know, I'm working with these people, but I'm seeing the way I'm not getting the respect. I'm not getting, I'm getting, you know, I look on Twitter, I watch, I pay attention to socials, I pay attention, I'm looking at what people saying, like where Hit Boy at, Hit Boy fell off, Hit Boy this, Hit Boy that. Mind you, it's like, I got records that's been recorded with, you know, Jay-Z and, and Beyonce on them yeah. and I've, you know, got stuff with Travis Scott and all that, but it's like, 
the niggas in Paris situation definitely like just like was a crazy ride because like I attracted you know different label deals and stuff like that that I was able to get a lot of money from but didn't know what to do with it didn't know how to move didn't know I had to have the right infrastructure and the right you know just team around me and all that and that was the learning curve that mm. was the you're gonna have to give this back to the game to get it back triple you know what I mean yeah yeah and uh just kind of program myself to you know, because it's like after that, you want to chase that. And then you start to feel like, damn, this song ain't being performed 10 times. This song ain't played all day on the radio. So I fell off or whatever the case is. Right. And you want to chase that feeling, but you can't do that. You got to understand that everything is going to have his space. Right. Like me and Nas. And granted, we haven't really pushed for this. We ain't had no giant you know, radio record or nothing like that. But I get way more respect off of anything I ever did on radio off this Nas stuff. All those things feel so much bigger than any, like, Crazy. radio play, Crazy. you know? Crazy. Like, bigger than any of that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's insane. Yeah. Are other rappers from Nas's era, are they looking at you in any way to, thinking that they I mean, can replicate certain, some, I mean, some certain, of that magic? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I had a few people reach out, but it's like, it got to be right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I worked on, uh, I mean, even game is, like, after Nas, obviously. But just, like, yeah. from that era of, like, real super hardcore rap, I did, like, six songs on Drillmatic for game. Yeah, just, like, I feel like that was a, I mean, it's, like, he based kind of Drillmatic off Illmatic. So it's, like, yeah, he yeah. definitely was inspired by bro. And that was just ill to, like, you know, have it all come full circle because I had worked with him before in the past. Do you want to do more R&B? Yeah, for sure. I mean, bro, I mean, I, I, I don't know what, uh, like playlist they'll be putting like Don Tyler in but I look at him as a singer you know what I mean I did two songs on his album did a single on his last album as well so you know I'm doing these projects but I'm also still getting my joints off and working with different artists did something on the Beyonce album even though it was like electronic she still is like you know on some queen R&B vibes actually, too hey Danny can you play play Thick Take you back to the Are you in the studio with Beyonce when she's recording this? I was in the studio to play her the beat and I heard some early ideas, but this song was made in, uh, well, the beat was made in 2014. So it went through a whole transformation. I don't even remember what the original concept, I don't even know if it was the thick concept, but she flushed it out and turned it into a joint. And I actually got the link with her before the album came out, heard some joints, heard she played me this final version. And I was like, man, it's just like crazy that, you know, it took eight years for this to become what it is now. All right, man, I was just gonna say, cause from the time I've heard that, <laughs> I was trying to imagine you. <laughs> oh, like watching her record? Yeah, how nah. do you, <laughs> does nah, Jay yeah. gotta be in the room? Like how does yeah, that? <laughs> nah, I didn't, watch, I didn't watch her record that, but I have seen her record before. I was watching Beyonce record. It is what you think it is. You know what I mean? Like real genius level, real thought out, getting a song and just like doing it the exact way that the person, you know, might have gave it to her as like she going to flip something and move parts around and, and really like she gets like a producer, writer, artist, all that. Yeah. So that was so you made that 2014. Right. I made the uh, beat 2014 with the bridge and all that, with the chord changes I played. and Yeah. And back then, did you know it was going to be more of like a, a dance-oriented? No. That was, uh, that was, that was way back. Because we had recorded a lot of songs back then. 
that was the one that saw the light of day eight years later. Wow, that's that's wild. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, definitely not no electronic or like you know that type of way back then. But it's incredible that you also like. I mean, you've talked about it a couple times here, and it's it's it's, it's something. It's actually something I didn't think about too much until I was listening to your new record and I was listening to Slipping in the Darkness, mm. which again, I thought was going to be a sample of Slipping, Slipping in the, in the Darkness. darkness. Right, you right. don't go for the obvious. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I remember, I think, all right, that's going to be that sample, put it on, but oh, it's not. And then the beat flips. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a different beat. Later I realized it is Alchemist beat. Mm-hmm. And you, I don't know if it's on some friendly shit or like what, but you call out a couple producers. Right. But in a in a way that to me was like interesting. Like you're like, yeah, you could you could do this, but can you chop soul? You could do mm-hmm. I ain't heard you without an eight oh wait. Just ask questions and said what I personally haven't heard. Like these dudes could have a hundred boom bap beats in a stash that I just ain't heard, but I just made a statement saying that you know, that's a sound I haven't heard from them. But look at magic, look at uh go to Travis Scott, go to Kanye West, you're gonna hear every sound from me, you know. What the I mean? questioning though, it was brilliant because it really made me think of I was like, damn, like you really can do so many different things. Like I yeah. guess I knew it. It was more so like kind of like that too, like just promoting my versatility, promoting, you know, and just kind of like carving a, a lane out for myself. Like y'all gotta really pay attention. Yeah. And that's what's been so tough for me is like making a song like Trophies for Drake and then making something for, you know, whoever. It's just like, it's been One hard. train for ASAP. Exactly. Like, it's hard for you to connect that. Just generally, you know what I mean? Just and just on a human level, it's just like not easy to keep up with a lot of shit. So if I'm all over the place, it's like, you know, Hit Boy isn't the household name because of that. And that's what I feel like, you know what I mean? And now it's like getting more to that point. But I had to create a linear thing, which is now me just doing albums for people. None of the beats sound the same on the albums, but you know I did them. So yeah. it just connects with the brain a lot more. And that's one thing that also makes, I think, you doing a full album work also is that it it doesn't necessarily sound like one producer. Like from like it doesn't sound like the same bag of tricks every song, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, yeah. oh, sh- every song sounds varied. It sounds di- like it's there's there's a lot of movement yeah. musically throughout the records. Having fun, man, taking advantage and just like I said, like I always tap into my younger self. Like, man, if I had this opportunity, however long ago before I got on, like I would have wanted to mash out. So I need to keep that same energy. That's that has got to be crazy for your younger self to be mm-hmm. four records in with Nas, unbelievable. Many collaborations in with, with with Beyonce and Drake and. I was on Beyonce last three albums. It's like, man, whatever she's seeing me, like I appreciate it because it's like she been she pulled me in. Like the Beyonce album, the uh, the Lemonade album, and then the uh, Renaissance. And these are records that people are gonna be not just listening to, but like studying for decades. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. They're not like fly by night records. Right. Yeah. No, it's beautiful, man. For sure. Shout out to her. When people go back and look at Prince records and analyze every little thing and Michael records. My son, three years old, like I get in the car, he like play kids songs. I'm like, what you want to hear? Michael Jackson. Like he think that's kids music. Like, but that's how good it is. It's resonating with like a kid all the way to a gangster, to a politician, to a lawyer, anybody. For the most part, you could feel Michael Jackson music. So it's like, I want to you know, be able to contribute something to the game on that that similar level. And that take a lot of work. It take a lot of locking in. If you had like a, a vision for like what 
artistically, I mean, maybe career-wise too, but where you're at five years from now? Man, man, just like really uh, giving back, you know what I mean? And creating more opportunities for where music is going and for kids that's like trying to do their thing, you know what I mean? I see my homeboys, James Fonleroy and Lawrence with 1500, they got a whole academy, they got a school. That's something that I want to, you know, lock in and uh, be able to teach and just like really inspire the next generation. It's like the game is getting crazy. Like I've been seeing it, I've been saying it for years that it's getting easier and easier to make beats. And now they got the artificial intelligence. You could type in the sound, the vibe, and it'll make the beat for you. I feel like it's only gonna get better. Anybody gonna be able to just have music at the the tip of their fingers now and just like make it sound quality somehow. So does that make you worry? Nah, that's just like I need to I need to like link with some AI people and see how I can incorporate that into what I'm doing. It's just like that's where the world is going. Yeah. It is what it is. Like I don't ever like try to be anti what's going on. It's like I wanna implement it and see how I can use my personal style along with some AI shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Speaking of the way like things have changed in production over the years, yeah. I mean, you you kind of even say it too on Surfer Drown. Yeah. It's like I haven't really seen you without a bunch of like co-producers. Like, uh-huh. like the way that there's a bunch of the generous way of saying it is it's a more collaborative process. Yeah, for sure. You know, the other yeah. way of looking at it is it's a lot of people getting points or whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I said, it's like getting easier and easier to like make music, and then like you know, some people are. Finessers. That's that specific line though was for one person. Kind of attacked me out of nowhere, and I'm just like, I never seen one credit from you without a co-producer. Like, go look me up. You know what I mean? Like, you trying to downplay what I do, and that's just all that was. But I, I understand. Like, Quincy might not even touch the drums or keys on any Thriller songs. Nah. You know what I mean? But we still revere him and yeah. respect him, and we know his genius. We know that he contributed something that really mattered to that project to be the producer on every song and to be the executive producer. But you got Greg filling games. You got the guy who is programming the drums and all that. But that don't don't make him anything less. So it's like, I'm not saying that it's not cool to work with other, you know, musicians. I do that. I got credits, you know, I'd be generous with letting my homies come in. And if I hear something, it's like, yo, add a part to this. Maybe try some drums here. Like, you know, I'm still, I'm still there conducting it though. You know what I mean? Like if you give me some pieces, I don't I don't really just let people just freely do their thing. Like I kinda just like kinda still got it and that's what the genius part is. So, you know, I understand that's part of the game. Some of the younger, young, young artists, are you enticed by working with them? No, oh, for sure. I'll be down to like, you know, I spice something I'm like, man, I uh, could hear her on some of you still. That's I mean? funny, nah, it's crazy because before uh much, this before like her like you know following drake and drake following her all this like i literally dm'd her and she came to la and when uh she hit me up like i just was kind of just moving around probably doing too much and right. we wasn't able to link and i was about to link her before the fame before really? like the real pop off and shit like i've seen the vision i knew it was coming did you see it from off that off the bus it down challenge thing or what was what, no, how, how would you this see is, this is way back bro i just seen like the way she looked she had a look and like you know she like just had some tour before like in the, the video. Before the 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 this, red fro and all is, that. This is this is some some time ago. Like you Damn. know what I mean. I just was like, I, I hit her up and I'm she like, I want to tap in. You. Gave her my number when she came in. When she came out, we just never linked. That's gotta happen, man. Shit, crazy. Yeah. That's gotta happen because she 
She would sound real nice on your beats, yeah, man. For sure. Man, well, thanks so much for being gracious with your time, man. No, for sure. And for, all for all the music, man. Appreciate y'all having me, man. It was set up. Before you go, I got to add on, because it's, it's, it's important, man. How good Nas is sounding Word. on your records. Shout out to uh, David Kim, our engineer. He mixed all four projects. My homeboy, uh, he makes a lot of other stuff. Makes most of my music, but... It's kind of like a perfect triangle offense, you know what I mean, between me, him, and Nas as far as Sonics and getting, you know, everybody putting they all into what's going on. Like, David is going to go the extra mile to just make sure the music is pumping in, the vocal is just, like, sitting in the proper place. Sitting perfect, man. Mm -hmm. Whatever people was hearing in the day where they felt like they couldn't lay their voice into your beats because it was too crowded, it's mm -hmm. like, whatever's going on now, man, it's, like, it's sonically yeah. perfect. Yeah, nah, for sure. And I'm that's what I'm working on. I just, like, want the music. To, I'm trying to get to that thriller level where it's, like, just, like, going into your ears perfectly and just hitting the veins and the soul, you know that's what I mean? That's what it does. And I'm telling you, like, having Nas at 30 years later, yeah, sounding better than he's ever sounded. That's like having Whitney ten years ago Crazy. coming out with like her best record or right, something. Right, you know, right, like right. you got someone yeah. with an iconic voice sounding the best that they've ever sounded. That's why I be telling you guys too. I'm like, bro, you could say A B C one two three on the beat, and your voice is so cold that it's gonna sound ill. So I'm like, yeah. the words and the way you putting it together, that's just like the psh, the mind blowing shit. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. man. Well, much respect, man. Yeah, Appreciate sure. you. Yes, sir. Thanks to Hit Boy for breaking down his production process and inspiration. You can hear all of our favorite Hit Boy produced tracks on a playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast, where you can find all of our new episodes. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Ben Tolliday, Nisha Venkut, Jordan McMillan, and Eric Sandler. Our editor is Sophie Crane. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription service that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for only $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. 
Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.